Please stand and let's pray over the word. Father, thank you so much for what a great day it is to be alive. What a wonderful, wonderful service we're experiencing today. Lord, as we get into the word, we just pray that, that you would just open the, the eyes of our understanding. Flood our hearts with light. We open our spirits to receive a word from heaven today. And we give you the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. And if you'd open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19. We're in a series called Who Are You? This could be the last installment of it, but we'll see. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19 says, You know that in time past you were living in a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. You were bought not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. Now, there's no amount of money that could buy our release from the enemy. No amount of money could buy our release from the sins, from the things of the past that held us in bondage. It is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that bought us and purchased our freedom that we have. As a matter of fact, you'll notice in Galatians 3.13 where it says that Christ, in fact, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I'm glad I'm not under a curse any longer. How about you? Thank God the enemy cannot curse whom God has blessed. And you and I are the blessed of God. He said that I have blessed my people with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We ought to say on a regular basis, I am blessed in the name of Jesus. I am blessed in the mighty name of the Lord. Say that with me. I am blessed in the name of Jesus. Now, so Christ has redeemed you, not just when you get to heaven. But this redemption is for you right now. We sang the song, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah. He renews your youth just like the eagles. Amen. And so this gospel that you and I have been given is filled with the power of God. I like what Paul said to the church at Rome. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Unto everyone that believeth. Now you notice that the word salvation in Romans uh, 1.16 has a five-fold meaning. It means delivering, deliverance, healing, safety, preservation, and soundness. This gospel is not just a heaven message. This gospel is an earth message as well. So that means you don't have to wait to get to heaven to be healed. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to have a sound mind. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to be safe. No, this gospel is the power of God. It has keeping power. It has strengthening power. It has prosperity power. It has peace power. It is the gospel that we believe and that we receive and that we shout about. This is not a tomorrow message. This is a today message. 
The scripture says that in him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so then the center of the gospel is in fact the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news that can help you and I in this day and in this hour. I want to talk to you about a few things this morning. One is the word proclamation. Secondly, the word demonstration. And thirdly, the word explanation. Now, if you read the Word of God, you'll find that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are basically a proclamation of the gospel. And then as you look through the book of Acts, you will see that in the book of Acts that it is a demonstration of the gospel. And the gospel is still being demonstrated today, is it not? And then as you look at the Pauline epistles, you see that it is an explanation of the gospel. How many of you know we need the gospel in all three forms? In proclaiming it, and demonstrating it, and also explaining it. One writer says it like this. The four gospels are like a photograph of redemption. But Paul's epistles are like an x-ray. Now if you've had an x-ray before, you know this about x-rays. That it shows things that you cannot just see in a regular photograph. A photograph shows the external, but what does an x-ray do? An x-ray shows the internal. And that is what we want to do, is we want to get these revelations of who we are and what we have and what we can do in Christ Jesus on the inside of us. Amen? Get the Word of God in your heart. And so these pictures are really necessary for us to see the full uh, picture, if you will, of, of the gospel. Say with me, the gospel is the power of God. And listen to this statement. The gospel is not about what you are trying to get God to do for you. But it is what God has already done for you. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, a very familiar verse of scripture, says, if any man be in Christ, what is he? Go ahead and read that verse while I take a drink. Now, I like this translation. Where it says, dead and gone. Old things are passed away. The past is dead and the past is gone. Your past is dead and it is gone. Still another translation says, the original conditions have passed away and they have been replaced by new conditions. So a true Christian then is not merely an altered man or woman, but a too true Christian is a remade man or woman. God didn't just take you and just kind of refurbish you. No, he made you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And the reason a man is brand new, the reason... A man in Christ is something that never existed before. 
is because Jesus, in his death and his burial and his resurrection, has did something that had never been done before. No man has ever died and crucified and was buried and rose from the dead. This man, the man, Christ Jesus, the son of the living God, triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He did something that had never been done before so that we could be something that we've never been before. Woo, glory to God. And so then, I need a revelation, a continuous revelation. We need a revelation of how God sees us. And I'm so glad that he does not see us as highly evolved insignificant animals. It isn't from the goo to the zoo to you. Now, when we were at the Oakland Zoo the other day and we took Olivia down there and, man, some of those animals look like they've been there a long time. I mean, they look pretty ugly to me. Well, how many of you know that you're not ugly? You might have been ugly in your past, but now you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. The photograph that God has of you is completely brand new. Hallelujah. Thank God we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So we've been talking about our identity. And the main principle that we're sharing is this. If your identity is based on anything that you can lose, it's based on the wrong thing, and it causes one to be vulnerable. Some of the things we've talked about, your identity cannot be in your possessions because you can lose your possessions, right? Your identity cannot be in your position because you can lose your position in the natural realm. Your identity, sure enough, cannot be in your looks. Your identity cannot be in your body. (laughs) Come on, somebody. How many of you know that your body is changing? So if you like the way you look right now, you better take some pictures. (laughs) Because the body gets older. The outward man, the scripture is saying, is decaying, right? There's some change. I mean, let's be honest about it. There's some changes taking place in your body. The law of gravity has set in. For some of us, we've got furniture disease. Our chest has literally dropped into our drawers. And if you've got a tattoo and you're young and it's got a smiley face, take a good picture of it. Because it's not going to be long before it's going to be frowning. (laughs) Is that the truth or is that the truth? Thank God for Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Let's look at that scripture and think about it for a while this morning. Galatians, the second chapter. And uh, notice with me in verse 20. And I want to read it together, and, and let's, let's feed on this a little bit this morning. You ready to go? Let's go. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, let's just keep that up there right now. Another translation says this. I died when Christ died on the cross. Then it goes on to say, I do not live now, but Christ lives in me. Another translation says, I was crucified with Christ. Still another says, I have been crucified with Christ. And so this means to you and this means to me that we should no longer be I conscious. We should no longer in our little lives have a me mindset, I'm first. But rather than being I conscious, we have been transformed and transferred out of darkness. Now we can be Christ conscious. The message translation says it this way. The first part of it, and you don't need to pull it up. It says, I identified myself completely with him. Say that with me. I identified myself completely with him. So our identity then comes totally in and through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to let your feelings tell you who you are any longer. You don't have to let your past tell you who you are. You don't have to let people tell you who you are. You, don't, you are no longer labeled by the world system. You are stamped and you are approved and you are imprinted with Christ himself, the Lord of glory that lives on the inside of you. Oh, glory to God. And so, what I say to people about their past, let it go. Let it go. And what I say to people that have been abused and people that have been um, crushed in life, realize that what happened to you in your past is not greater than what happened to Jesus Christ in his past. What happened in the, on the cross, in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection has redeeming power to take the sting, the hurt, and cleanse us from the wounds of the past. Woo, glory to God. Why? Because we've been identified with him. He has been identified with us. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. How many of you ever heard of a great preacher by the name of T.L. Osborne? T.L. Osborne went on to be with the Lord, but T.L. Osborne was a missionary of missionaries. He was a champion in Christ. And he would go to the nations of the world, and he would preach the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. He would tell people that God loves them, that he saves, that he heals And he delivers. And brother and sister, when he'd give the altar call, people would come by the hundreds of thousands. Somewhat like Reinhard Bonnke's ministry today. But this was years ago. I heard Teal Osborne, Brendan and I did, back in the 80s, 
down at John Osteen's church. Of course, that's Joel Osteen's daddy. I love Joel, and I think he's an awesome man of God, but I really love John. I mean, he, he was a Baptist preacher that got filled with the Holy Ghost. And man, that guy could shuck the corn, let me tell you. We had the privilege of preaching with him in a camp meeting at, at, uh, at Tulsa in 1995. It was a wonderful experience. But anyway, we were down there in the 80s. And uh, I'm telling you what, this guy was a prince of pulpiteers. He was so exact and so concise in what he would say. If I could imitate him, I would. But let me share with you what he said that changed my life and that can change yours as well. Teal Osborne said about this Christ, this gospel, whom we love and whom we preach. He said, little I moved out and big Christ moved in. Little I moved out. I'm crucified with Christ. Weak I moved out. And strong Christ moved in. Defeated I moved out. And the victorious Christ moved in. Depressed I moved out. And the one that is full of joy, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the Lord of joy, moved in. Poor I moved out. And blessed, rich Christ moved in. Worried I moved out. And peaceful and confident Christ has moved in. Hallelujah. It is no longer you that live. But Christ lives in you. What God was saying, we got to get you out of the way. <laughs> and let Christ take your place. Aren't you glad he took your place? Aren't you glad that he was your great substitute? Yes. You know, if we had to pay for our sins, we'd all be in big trouble. <laughs> Is that right? Little I moved out. And big Christ moved in. That's why this life that you and I live right now, for this little sliver of time that we have left on this planet, that's why this life is worth the living. You know, that old song, Now I know that life is worth the living because he lives. Did you know that he lives? And because he lives, you can live also. But where does he live? You see, religion would say, you know, he's off somewhere in the clouds. He's off somewhere in the sky. And you've got to really, really try hard to connect with him. No, he's right here on the inside. Say with me, I'm joined to the Lord. I'm one spirit. And I've been connected. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he's not far away? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The healer in you, the hope of healing. Hallelujah. The prince of peace in you, the hope of shalom. Amen. Now, I want to take this a little step further. You still with me? Now, I went to college for a couple years and, and I didn't pay much attention. But I've heard that in the world of education, of course, people study about psychology and people study about that, and they become clinical psychologists. And, you know, I'm all for uh, psychology, and I'm all for those types of things, if it aligns itself with the Word of God. 
So I don't submit myself to anybody or psychologist or clinical psychologist that gives me ungodly counsel. Because there's two types of counsel. There's godly counsel and there's ungodly counsel. Let's just break it down. Godly counsel will always align itself with the word. Ungodly counsel will always align itself with the world. Amen? Now, of course, in the natural realm, there are some things that are very true about psychology. And so when a person studies psychology, they tell them that there are three things in this area, three factors that determine the kind of person that you are. One is genetic determinism. The other is psychic determinism. And then the last one is environmental determinism. And the reason why it is called determinism is because it determines the limits of one's life. It determines oftentimes how far they can go in life. It determines why they do what they do, why they think what they think, where they go, where they go. It is a determinism. It is something in the world of psychology. And there may be some truth to that, but I'm glad that God brings another factor. It's called in Christ determinism. I said it's called in Christ determinism. And in Christ Jesus, there are no limits. You can go anywhere from here in Christ Jesus. Let's talk about this a moment. The first one, of course, is genetic determinism, which says that you are what you are because of your genes. And I'm not talking about your blue genes today. You are what you are because of your parents or you are what you are because of what runs in your family. Now, you've heard and I've heard, and we don't want to get into a deep discussion about this, But how many of you have ever heard the excuse, well, I was just born that way? In other words, I was born that way, and I can't do anything about it. This is the way I am. This is the way I is. And so I'm on this determined course simply because of what is running my family I am completely surrendered to the fact that I cannot change because I was born that way. Ever heard that? Okay, let's stop and think about that a minute. Yeah, but you can be born again. I said you can be born again. And that is most likely the number one problem who buy into that lie that they're born that way, they're probably not born again. Anyone who brings, I was born that way, into Christianity and says, I can't change, is yielding to deception. Now, if Satan can deceive people, he can defeat people. Thank God we can be born again. Thank God the victory is in Christ. And it overcomes the world's system. Raise your hands and say, thank God I've been born again. Genetic determinism. Well, let's say it this way. 
Being in Christ has given you a gene change. That means that you've been regenerated. You've been regened. You see, God has done some re-engineering genetically in Christ in our lives. Hallelujah. And so we can't blame our parents. Why? Because we've been refathered. I got a new father. I got a new daddy. I got the spirit of him on the inside of me that cries out to my heavenly father, Abba, father, daddy, daddy. Somebody said, well, my natural father wasn't any good, or I don't have a natural father. But welcome to the family of God. It is the father and his family. You've been refathered. And so we can't blame it on our genetics. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, cancer runs in my family. Or arthritis runs in my family. Poverty and lack runs in my family. Well, in the family of God, that, those things don't run. Healing runs in your family. Strength runs in your family. And somebody says, well, yeah, but I come from a whole tribe and a whole people genetically that were depressed. Thank God. In the family of God, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. In the kingdom of God, it's not about meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So discover what is your inheritance. Discover what you've been made heir to. Discover this fact that you are now a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And it is in him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. Discover the unsearchable riches of Christ. Meditate upon them. Breathe them in and speak them out. And you'll see things begin to run smoothly in your life. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. Scripture says, Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And then there's psychic determinism. And what this is saying is that your identity your behavior and your potential are produced by your thinking. By your thinking. Well, thank God you can take the Word of God and you can begin to think right. Look at Romans chapter 12. That's not in our, our lesson, but look at Romans chapter 12, verse uh, 2, if you would. Romans 12, chapter, the second verse. I said it before, well, you know, pastor, something happened in my past. I'm that way because I'm that way. And that's the way I think I am. You see, the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Read verse uh, 2 with me. Go ahead, ready, and let's read. And be not conformed to this world. Now notice that word transformed. That word transformed means to be changed. Okay? The world thinks one way. The word points us another way. The world system is going one way. The kingdom of God system is going another way. 
The carnal mind always produces death, but the spiritual mind always produces life, and it produces peace. So as we get in this word and side in with this word, it begins to change the way that we think. Have you discovered that when you become a Christian, you don't think like the world thinks? You don't think like a lot of your relatives think? Amen? And you don't drink like a lot of people drink. Amen? So there is a transformation that takes place in our lives by the renewing of our minds. And I've discovered this, that the renewal of your mind is not just a one-time thing. The renewing of my mind is a lifetime process. Now, why is that? Because there's so many distractions and there are so many things that try to pull us out of being spiritually minded over into this other system where we become worldly minded. There are so many things that will try to pull you off the word into the world. And that is why it's important to stand steadfastly and remain fixed and settled on the fact that I belong to Christ, Christ is in me, and I'm now going to live my life for Him. And that includes the way I think. That includes the way I talk. That includes the way I treat others. This kingdom that you are now in is a whole new way of living. And this life, Jesus said, is the abundant kind of life. Hallelujah. This abundant life is available to all that will make a conscious decision that I'm done with thinking like this world. I'm done living in the world. I now live for Him because He died and was raised for me. Hallelujah. Now this means that we've got to be tenacious about it. This means that we cannot just lift a little promise book, promise out of the promise box on one day a week and expect to be changed. If you don't watch it, you will end up being just as worldly as the world. Now, in the church of Corinth, Paul admonished them. He warned them because he knew that Corinth was the most immoral, <clears throat> licentious city in the known world at that time. And so Paul encouraged them to remain strong and unmovable and trusting in God with all of their heart so that they would not be sucked in by the world system. Strong Christians are Christians who get their minds renewed and keep their eyes and their thoughts upon Him. Say this with me. What happened in Christ is greater than what may have happened to me. You heard the guy went to see the psychologist and uh, he was having all sorts of problems and he said, well, what's your problem? 
the guy said to the doctor, she said, you know, I, I, I think I'm a dog. She says, you think you're a dog? Well, how long has this been going on? He said, since I was a puppy. <laughs> and so he said, well, come on, get up here on the couch and let's talk about it. He says, I'm not allowed. <laughs> the world system will make you stupid. The world system will get you to think wrong thoughts. But thank God we are part of a higher system, the word of the living God. Then there's environmental determinism. It means means you are what you are because of your surroundings and the influences around you. It just limits your future. You are what you are because of where you grew up. You got pants on the ground. Because you grew up in the inner city. Or you've got your air in the nose, your nose in the air, because you have a lot of money. You are what you are because of your environment, and you can't do anything about it. But thank God the greater one enables you to overcome your past surroundings and all the influences that have brought you down in the past. He removes all limitations. Well, pastor, I grew up on the wrong side of the track. Thank God you're not on the wrong side of the tracks any longer. You've been raised up together. You've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, once you get born again, all those determinisms change. You've been altered You've been remade. In Christ, determinism changes you from the inside out. Don't let the enemy cause you to get stuck in an old identity. Let me read something to you in closing. We're running out of time. I'm just basically kind of getting into my message. But let's, let's go ahead and take a look at this. I read this recently and I... I really, I really liked it. So it's called In Christ Surgery. He said, I heard the story of a California fireman whose hand was burned so badly that the doctors thought they would have to amputate. And so they decided to try another procedure because of the human's body regenerative powers. They operated on the fireman, inserted his burned hand inside his body and left it in there. And when they removed the hand after a number of days, the skin had begun to grow back again. And here's what God is saying. That man's condition was so bad, I'll have to do a surgical procedure. The writer goes on to say, on the cross, an incision was made. And God put you and me in Christ Jesus. You are on your way to death destruction and God said you know there is nothing we can do so we'll have to cut ourselves open and put man into us Paul calls this a mystery but this is redemption you are in him you are joined to him identified with him and in him we live and move and have our being He goes on to say, the surgery that God performed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ 
was such a massive project, don't you know it was, that he planned it for thousands of years. Our redemption was such a big project that he had to talk to people for thousands of years just to get someone to believe him. Because of man's condition, this in Christ surgical procedure was the only way that you and I could be saved. And listen to these concluding statements as we prepare our hearts to receive communion. The difference between Christianity and all other religions is this fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead. He says man didn't need a book. We did not need a lesson. We needed a new birth. We needed to be redeemed. We needed the blood of Jesus. We needed his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He says you can't just give people a good lesson and expect them to be changed. He said this is why every other religion is inferior to Christianity. Because Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And that's the center of the gospel. And listen, when you identify with that, that's the key to life. When Christ died, you died. When Christ was buried, you were buried. When Christ rose, we rose. You see, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were without Christ. We were going down the wrong road, were we not? But the Bible says, Jesus, who is so rich in his mercy, wherewith he loved us so much, he quickened us together with him. Say it with me, I've been quickened quickened. together with him. That means you've been made alive with him. Quickened together with him. Then he goes on to say, by grace you're saved. And he raised you up together. And he made you to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now the devil's a thief. And he will come to challenge your identity. He will. He did it to Jesus. Didn't he? Remember in the wilderness when he was tempted of the devil? He tempted the master by saying, If you're the son of God. Command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus didn't reason with that rat on the realm of emotions. He said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so that's the same way when the enemy comes along to cloud your life with condemnation, pull your sword out and say, devil, it is written, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That picture once took place, but now I've got a new picture, a full picture. I've been looking at the x-rays of who I am and what I have in Christ Jesus, and I've received the free gift of righteousness. That man you're talking about doesn't exist anymore. It's no longer I that's living, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. When he comes to bring a picture of your family, of all those things that have devastated some of your family members, 
You need to get a new picture developed on the inside of your heart. A picture of your health and a picture of your healing that took place. The scripture says that he bore your griefs and carried your sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. It says he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace. It was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him were healed and made whole. Work with that picture. Get yourself about 50 healing scriptures. And take those healing scriptures and just read them. And then personalize them. And think about how that affects your life and the condition that you might be standing against right now. How many of you know what, it, know what it's like to stand? There's a blessing in standing. If you never stand, you'll never have the victory. But those who will stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, who will meditate upon the Word of God by day and by night, these are the ones that will make their way prosperous. These are the ones that will have good success. Get the Word in you. Get it ready to use against the enemy when he comes because he's coming. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. My belief is this. He may not devour a believer who is so filled with the Word of God and so filled with the Holy Spirit that there's just not any room for disease in their life. It's the law of displacement. But you cannot just say, well, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. No, you determine what will be. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He says, I call you to record this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He's given you the power of choice. To choose life. I choose life today. I choose healing today. I don't care what medical science may say. I've chosen life. But not only have I chosen it, I've taken these words of life and I've implanted them into my spirit. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he quickens me on a daily basis. Woo, the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. But as long as it stays in these pages, as long as it's just rhetoric, as long as it's not a reality in your life, in the evil day, you'll not be able to stand. But oh, thank God, I'm persuaded of this bunch in here this morning. I said, I'm persuaded of this bunch here this morning at 9 or 10.20 a.m. I got to close. At 10.20 a.m. here on August 2nd, hallelujah, 2015. I'm persuaded better things of you. And not only am I, but God believes in you. God believes in you. He believes that you're going to believe his report. He is persuaded. That neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor things present shall be able to separate you 
from his great loving power. He has said to you and he has said to me, look, guys, I'm for you. And if I be for you, what matters what comes against you? He has said to you and he has said to me, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Say that with me. In all these things. What shall I say to these things? I say to these things. God's for me. Who can be against me? And in the midst of the test, I will enter into rest knowing full well that I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than more than. I'm more than more than more than. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Do you receive it today? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and receive communion. Y'all ready? Ushers, come.